It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 231. Good to have you aboard with us right here. Yeah, we're back. Hope everybody is having a great weekend, start to the weekend, depending on when you are listening. It's late Thursday night on the East Coast when I record this. Just got done with a long radio show, in which we talked a lot of Redskins, so we'll uh, bring back some of the things that we talked about on that uh, particular show. And... Let's start with this. There was, and again, depending on when you were listening to this, something may have already changed, but certainly it is newsworthy. Um, There was a development on Thursday that I found intriguing, and I don't necessarily think that there's anything legitimate to this. I'm just throwing it out as speculation because it's the offseason, the draft is done, free agency is largely done, uh, and it's kind of a dead time on the calendar. Scott Pioli, longtime uh, New England Patriot general manager with Bill Belichick, uh, as well former Kansas City chief GM, that did not go very well, and assistant GM for the last five seasons with Thomas Dimitrov and the Atlanta Falcons, in which they got to a Super Bowl, made the playoffs a couple times, uh, built a pretty good roster there down in New Orleans, uh, down in Atlanta. He resigned. He resigned on Thursday uh, after, again, spending five seasons with the Atlanta Falcons, and I wanted to bring this up because, of course, everybody immediately connected him to the New York Jets vacancy, which opened uh, on Wednesday, and we're going to get to that because we didn't uh, really discuss that because that kind of happened, you know, after we got done recording. Uh, But Scott Pioli stepped down from his position to, quote-unquote, pursue other potential opportunities. Of course, he didn't say the New York Jets. Now, the New York Jets have been connected with Joe Douglas, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, director of player personnel, as well Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, who's a former NFL scout, who I've known for a number of years, who's always been good to me. I like Daniel. Uh, and, you know, certainly I, I respect very much his football acumen and his ability, his, his ability to – identify good football players. I don't know how good of a general manager he'll be. Certainly he needs some help with the salary cap and contracts and all that stuff. But teams can find a guy to help with that regard, whether they're really good like Eric Schaefer is. I, that I don't know. Uh, but a lot of people are connecting the dots between Scott Pioli and the New York Jets general manager job. Now, I don't know of any connection, any direct connection between he and Adam Gase. Uh, I know this. Gapioli is from the New York area, uh, like Westchester, New York-ish area. So that would make a whole lot of sense that he would be intrigued to go home uh, or near home and kind of wrap up his NFL career, uh, again, be a general manager again, and work with Adam Gase. Now, again, I don't know what any relationship is with anybody, so maybe I'm speaking on a term, but I know I'm not the only one to connect the dots here, of course. The Jets fired Mike McCagnin 
on Wednesday and his top personnel man, Scott Pioli, resigns on Thursday uh, to pursue other uh, potential opportunities. Now, supposedly this has been in the works for, you know, at least a year um, that he was going to resign. Now, I, you know, I don't know why he didn't resign two weeks ago after the draft. I mean, you know, it's not like he was that needed right after the draft, right? Once you get done with the draft, you don't really need an assistant GM. Uh, maybe some, you know, tightening up on the roster and some things. But Scott Pioli could have done this a week and a half ago, right? Before the Jets job opened. So uh, the timing is hard to ignore, even if it does not happen. That being said, I threw out this possibility with my co-host Aaron Hawksworth, who's been a guest of ours here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. What about Scott Piola with the Washington Redskins? Now, again, you might say, Chris, that's crazy. And I would largely agree with you. It's probably crazy, and it's not going to happen. I would say uh, you have very slim and none in terms of the two chances that it could ever happen. But the reason why it could happen is twofold. One, the Jets don't the, the Redskins don't have a traditional GM, as we all know. Uh, two, I know that behind the scenes, Doug Williams has made some some pleas, some 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 requests for more power, more control, more say, maybe to become the new general manager, uh, maybe some threats of leaving. Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of politics involved here. So maybe Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder haven't heard the right thing, and they decide, hmm, Scott Pioli's available. Let's move on from Doug Williams, as kind of crazy as that would be, right? But I tell you what, that would be a huge move from the fan base. I mean, it wouldn't be Scott McLuhan-like when they hired him. It wouldn't be like print your playoff tickets, but to me – Scott Pioli, even though he has plenty of X's along with plenty of check marks, if we're just writing them all down, and clearly his tenure in Kansas City was not good when he had full control and full power, Scott Pioli has proven that he can play nice and work with very powerful people, i.e. Belichick, then take a secondary role the last five years under um, under Dimitrov in Atlanta, Clearly, he wants to be a GM again. Well, conveniently, right now, even with Doug Williams, the Redskins have a GM title open. So that wouldn't be a problem, essentially, in and of itself. And I would think, based on his history, again, with working with Dimitrov and Piola and Belichick, now two people that he clearly identified with, got along with, worked well enough together, clearly he can work and not necessarily be subservient, but he doesn't have to have full control, full autonomy, full power, full everything. So to me, Scott Pioli is a pretty decent fit with the Washington Redskins for a lot of reasons, which we just outlined. That being said, it's never going to happen. The Redskins are never going to usurp Doug Williams or Kyle Smith, but especially Doug Williams, unless Doug Williams chooses to leave. And you might be saying, well, why does he keep mentioning? Because that's I've heard that from multiple people over the last couple of years. Doug Williams got his current position, senior vice president of player personnel, because he made some veiled threats to leave. I don't know how serious they were, but he absolutely made them. He wanted more position, more power, more authority, more money, more everything, and he got it. The Redskins were desperate. And Bruce Allen cooked up this title and position. And now, a couple of years later, 
the draft class once again is getting lauded, and guess who runs the scouting department? Doug Williams. Now, free agency has been very, 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 very shaky, as it has been for a long time for the Washington Redskins, quite honestly. But Doug Williams is in charge of the college scouts. I mean, Kyle Smith coordinates the college scouting department, but Doug Williams, by title, is. So if Doug Williams is hell-bent on becoming a general manager, he might look around and say, hmm, you know what? I'm not getting it here. They're not going to promote me, so I'm better off leaving. And maybe he becomes, outside chance, a contender for the Jets job. Again, unlikely. Maybe, maybe he thinks down in Tampa, Jason Light, the general manager there, is in trouble. And who would I be to say he couldn't? I mean, they haven't performed well enough unless they make the playoffs in year one under Bruce Arians. Probably Jason Light is going to get let go. So maybe he's thinking that. Maybe he sees a progressive front office in Carolina, a progressive front office in Miami uh, that seem to do a really good job with giving minorities a chance to advance. Maybe he sees that as a good situation. I don't know. The point of the matter is, regardless of what happens with Scott Pioli, and even if Scott, if Scott Pioli tells you no, that's one thing. If Scott Pioli's hired Friday morning or Friday afternoon by the New York Jets, okay, maybe that's just reasonable. It was a prearranged deal and there was nothing you could do. But the Washington Redskins owe it to themselves. They owe it to themselves to bring in Scott Pioli at least for a meeting, for an interview. Say, hey, what would it take? Could we work this out? Could we help each other? We make you the GM. You get the GM title back. We give you some say, some influence. You got a team that's barely built to win. You just put a couple of crossing of the T's, dotting of the I's, find us a street free agent or two, and away we go. And you don't have complete autonomy and control, but you have more control and autonomy than you did in New England, more autonomy and control than you did in Atlanta, and less autonomy and control than you had in Kansas City, which was a complete disaster. And where they didn't treat people well and... Uh, They made some bad moves, Matt Castle, so on and so forth. Some people might say, no, 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 old boys network, can't do it, won't do it. I understand that. I think this is different. I think he's a proven executive. I don't think he's got the history of that Scott McLuhan, let's just put it that way, had when he got here. Um, I don't know if he can play nice with Bruce and Dan and Jay. But I know he has played nice in, again, tough roles, tough situations. And it probably can't get any harder than working for Bill Belichick in terms of the demand and the expectation of excellence and perfection. So, again, I think Scott Pioli would be a great addition to the Redskins front office with or without Doug Williams. If Doug Williams were to, you know, stays in his current role, which, again, is a Bruce decision or a Doug decision, Then you can make Pioli the GM. You can keep Kyle Smith in his position right now. Now you're going to risk losing him, and you're very likely to lose him. And maybe you force Doug Williams' hand if you ideally want to get out of that. I don't know. Or you keep Doug Williams in his position. Nobody guaranteed anybody to anything. What could it hurt? You make your football operation a little bit smarter, a little bit more experienced. Think about it. Think about it. They don't have an experienced football personnel executive in that front office. As much as I love Eric Schaefer, 
as much as he's learned and improved and worked hard, he's not a true, true football guy. Certainly Bruce Allen is not. Jay Gruden's the head coach, at least for now. Kyle Smith is a true football guy, but he's 35. He's never been a general manager. He's only been in charge of the draft the last two years. Doug Williams is Doug Williams. I don't mean to be rude, but, you know, everybody tells me his position doesn't have any juice or any authority. So I can only go based on what people tell me, and enough people tell me, and enough people believe that to be true, and enough people have been told that by different people. And I, you know, I've heard that all. I've heard that from multiple, multiple, multiple people inside and outside the organization that Doug Williams is in kind of a glorified figurative role as opposed to a real role of authority. What could it hurt to bring in a guy like Scott Pioli? Makes sense to me. Again, it's not going to happen. You've got a better chance of uh, having Santa Claus host this podcast before Scott Pioli becomes the general manager of the Washington Redskins. But the Redskins owe it to themselves. They owe it to their fan base. They owe it to you. And, hell, they owe it to me. To at least bring in Pioli. Give him a call. Try and set up a meeting. Send Redskin one down for him before he hops on the uh, Charter Express to New York. Right? Let's do it. Can't hurt. And I would be interested to see the buzz if it leaked out that the Redskins got an interview with Scott Pioli. I think it would be the smart thing to do, whether he takes the job or not. I think it would show that you're committed to making your front office as good as it can be, even if it doesn't work out. All right, we'll take a timeout right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. When we come back, we'll hear a former, well, we won't hear it, we'll tell you about a former Redskins corner blasting a current Redskins corner and what that might mean. Plus, we'll hear from Ryan Kerrigan and Jay Gruden before we get on out of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is episode number 231, episode number 231 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram, and away we go. And we're back, episode number 231 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. As always, make sure you check out the new Himalaya podcasting app. Just download it wherever you download your apps. And you can then download the Locked On Redskins podcast and listen on their personally curated playlists. And away you go. Uh, As well, as well, uh, you can... When you hop in your car, tell your smart speaker device to, hey, whatever the device is, play podcast Locked on Redskins. Play podcast Locked on Redskins. All right, so let's get to this. Uh, As you guys know, for those of you that have listened to this show, uh, I am not a Josh Norman guy at all, not as a player. Uh, I've been very critical on him. I've been long critical of him long before I started doing this podcast. Uh, I didn't like the move when they made it. 
Uh, I thought he was overrated then. Uh, I thought he was a scheme fit. I thought he was a guy who had one great year. Uh, He's feisty, but didn't have the requisite size nor the requisite speed uh, to be in a man press coverage, to be in man coverage. Uh, I thought against bigger receivers. I thought he was only going to have to be able to play one way, zone, cushion, uh, cover three, all that stuff, the way basically they used him uh, in Carolina. Now, as his career has evolved here, he has played a mix of both. Uh, but I have seen him from year one not only lead the NFL in penalties uh, and big penalties, and some of them were questionable, uh, but to me they were more than fair, uh, almost all of them. Um, but I've also seen him get burnt by guys that he should not get burnt by deep down the field. Uh, it's one thing to give up touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. That's understandable. Um you know, ironically, he was pretty damn good against Odell Beckham Jr. whenever they went against each other, the guy he had the fight with in his final year in Carolina. Uh, ironically, he did a pretty good job against Odell Beckham Jr. Everyone else he kind of stunk against, quite honestly. Stunk might be a little bit of a stretch, but he wasn't good enough, and he hadn't had enough game-changing plays. He hadn't had enough interceptions. Um, he just has not made the impact that you need a lockdown corner Paid seventy-five million over five years with thirty-seven million of it fully guaranteed, and ultimately, as it turns out, right now over fifty million of it guaranteed over the last three years. And if he stays on the roster, it'll be another almost fifteen million guaranteed. Now he'll definitely not be here next year, and I still would not rule out a post-June first cut for Josh Norman. But the Redskins are so thin in terms of any healthy, competent bodies. Uh, at corner because Quentin Dunbar got hurt last year. You just don't know what to expect out of him, and he's still raw as a corner anyway. Uh, and Fabian Moreau and, yes, Orlando, uh, 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 Dominique rogers Cromartie, and they, of course, drafted Moreland, uh, and they have a couple of young guys that were on the roster last year in terms of Greg Stroman and Anthony Johnson and and all the uh, – Adonis Alexander. That's all great, but I don't – I mean, I would – cut Josh Norman and take the bullet on the $6 million dead cap hit. I don't think they're going to. I know that coaches want to move on. I believe strongly uh, Albert Breer speculated on Monday or Tuesday on 106.7 The Fan that certain veteran players were dangled in trade discussions. I absolutely believe that. As a matter of fact, we on this podcast, when the Josh Rosen rumors first came out, we said, hey, what about Morgan Moses and like a mid-round pick or a third-round pick or whatever it was um, to Josh Rosen because the Cardinals need offensive line help. The Redskins can't continue to over-invest in the offensive line. I love Morgan Moses, but he's always rolling around on the floor. He's never completely healthy. I understand it's a very physical position. I got it. But with the sheriff situation coming up, needing a contract extension for him, how many big-money contracts can you have, quite honestly, on the offensive line. So I suggested that. I don't know if Morgan Moses was dangled by the Redskins. I'm not sure. I I have a feeling, a strong feeling, a strong suspicion that Josh Norman certainly was, and the Redskins would be crazy if they didn't. It'd be nuts if they didn't. Of course they should have. Of course they should have. But the reason why we're talking about this is this. Fred Smoot, who I covered um, in 2009 when he was here, uh, and 
maybe one other period of time. I can't quite remember the exact time frame. Maybe I'm misremembering that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, definitely uh, in his first year, or in my first year, I should say, uh, on the beat, Fred Smoot, who now is an analyst for NBC Sports Washington, uh, and always outspoken, always kind of, you know, maybe talking a little bit too much. But on the Redskins Talk podcast, a competing podcast, uh, hosted by my pals J.P. Finley and uh, Pete Haley and Mitch Tischler, uh, all of that. On the Redskins Talk podcast, Fred Smoot said that the Redskins should cut ties with Norman right now. And he's right. According to Smoot, quote, you have to ask yourself, where am I expendable? Smoot said on the pod. And this is the entire column on NBCSports.com slash Washington. I'm going to look at that big cap number that Josh Norman has, and that's going to make me want to release him. Remember, earlier this offseason, after my report on this podcast and on 106.7 The Fan about coaches wanting to move on from Josh Norman, Jay Gruden said that he needs more, a lot more, from Josh Norman, that he has superstar status, right? But Smoot, not willing to be patient, nor am I. Here was the money quote. Quote, you wouldn't go to a used car lot to try and pay new car prices, would you? At the end of the day, for what we pay for this guy, we're not getting that return on that investment. I'm sorry. We paid too much for the car. It's time we trade it back in. And that makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. He says, with the addition of Jimmy Moreland, saying, quote, he's got a lot of what I like. He plays with a lot of emotion. He's got elite ball skills. One of these guys that can have a 10, 12-year career. Uh, Listen, I don't know if we can go with that. But, I mean, clearly they feel good enough not only to have drafted him, but also, uh, as we told you about the other day, to let Josh Holsey go. And Dominique rogers Camardi is just a placeholder uh, who you hope can bridge the gap while Jimmy Moreland gets ready and gets experienced and gets used to things. But back to the matter, the Redskins need to cut bait with Josh Norman. And they need to do it now, quite honestly. Like, it would expose them at corner this year. It would hurt them a little bit. I'm not dumb enough to suggest that it wouldn't. It would also clear him off the contracts uh, after the cap for next year. It it would just, he's Hollywood. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't like it here. They don't like him. Apparently, Dan Snyder is the only one that likes him. I don't know what Ray Horton thinks. I know there's coaches that don't like him and that want to move on from him and executives. I know, I know, I know. I've been told that by multiple people. So, you know, the bottom line is, why keep him here? For what? Like, I'm sorry, I'll take my chances with Quentin Dunbar, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, and Fabian Moreau as my top three corners with Moreland, Greg Stroman, Adonis Alexander as my next three. And I don't even know if all six of those guys would make the roster, but that's that's where I would go. Do it. Do it now. Cost you $6 million in cap money, dead cap, this year, you have some, you have a little bit of room to do that. And you get it off your books for next year. And you get the headache and the poison away. Josh Norman is not a team player. He's not committed to football. He's not committed to the Washington Redskins. He never has been. He never will be. No thanks. I'm not paying $14.5 million 
under my cap for that. Get out of here. Go kick rocks. And if you don't think that's the right thing, well, I'm sorry. That's my opinion. I'm never going to change from that. Josh Norman, while everyone was kissing his ass because he was a good soundbite, he has been nothing but a disappointment. When you consider the expectations, when you consider the money, when you consider the headache that comes along with it. All right, that's going to wrap up this portion of the Locked on Redskins podcast. When we come back, a couple of quick thoughts from Jay Gruden and one from Ryan Kerrigan next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back for just a minute or two right here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast. Let's hear from head coach Jay Gruden at the Ryan Kerrigan Leukemia and Lymphoma Society golf event on Monday that we referenced in the last episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast, this was right after the rookie minicamp. And, of course, he was talking about Dwayne Haskins. Really, you want to just see him throw the ball. You know, obviously you want to teach him some things here and there from above the next standpoint. But I just want to see him throw it. And uh, that was the most impressive thing. That's why we drafted him to throw it. We'll teach him all the other stuff. He's got plenty of time to learn, uh, which he will. But uh, very impressive throwing a rock. And now let's get to Ryan Kerrigan, the host of that particular event. He wasn't allowed to participate in the rookie minicamp, but he's heard some good things. Ryan Kerrigan at his own golf event, benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You know, got to meet a lot of the rookies this morning, and uh, it's an, from what I heard, it was a pretty impressive rookie minicamp, it sounded like. A lot of athleticism. Uh, none starts with, you know, a lot of the, those guys like sweat. You know, they're just freaks of athletes. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it sounds like it's off to a good start with them. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It's been great to be with you. Episode number 231 covered a lot of material. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll keep you posted if anything happens right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being a part of this community. Thanks so much for listening and downloading. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.